Hmm. <clears throat> you notice I've matched my colours to your colours. It was very deliberate. I have. It looks good. Although mm. I've just realised I'm what a terrible framing. Oh, that's like I've got a bit of parsley between my teeth for the whole dinner, and you've not you've not told. Me. I don't even know what you. I still don't know what you're referring to. I just had the camera pointing like mostly towards oh, my wall. No. Nightmare. I apologize. I'm sure all the people um, listening on Spotify <laughs> will be very upset by that. I have a I have a quick question for you. It's quite a grim question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I there's a TV program called 24 Hours in Police Custody where they go over actual cases. A man is at home, sees three people trying to break into his garage, chases after the, walks out his front door, goes like, Oi, what are you doing? Chases after them. They drive off on a motorbike. He gets in his car. Actually, by the way, just a quick thing. If you do, if you do want to watch this, in fact, you know what? It's fucking irrelevant. It's been on months ago by the time this is released, but I am going to spoil the episode. <laughs> um, he, he gets in his car, drives after them for, I think about 15 minutes and goes around a corner and hits into the back of the bike that these guys are on. They come off the bike and end up in hospital. Who do you think based on that information goes to prison i think if it's america definitely the it's in the uk, it's in the UK. if it's in the uk i think it's a toss-up and i'm, I'm okay. saying that because there's a case in america where like a guy tried to burgle a, a house and the it was one of those automatic garage doors and he got mm. stuck under it and because there was some kind of malfunction and it didn't have like the auto release he got stuck under it for a few days and had to live on like dog food within within reach in the garage and he sued the homeowner for damages despite the fact that he was breaking in and successful. Yeah. So <laughs> that's unbelievable. That's like someone suing, you know, the, the like caution hot contents on cups. Oh yeah. Like you order a coffee, spill on yourself and then sue for the coffee being hot. I mean, it's not even caveat emptor, is it? It's just, just caveat. Yeah. So who went to prison? Who went to prison? I mean, you're probably asking this because the guy went to prison. Yeah. That's a that's annoying. But the two kids didn't. And the re the, one of the main reasons they didn't, they got like a suspended sentence because they were too injured to go to prison. Really? Yeah. But the so, most annoying thing was the guy, one of the kids who broke in got interviewed and he was like, I was gonna be, I think it was like I was gonna be an electrician but I've worked out there are just smarter ways of making money. So I don't want to do that anymore. And obviously he's referring to just breaking into people's houses. Wow. I'm surprised that that's more lucrative than electrician. I think it depends what you steal. I imagine. Well, cause like, so I, I sold my old iPhone to sex the other day, you know, CEX. Okay. It, it, I do know what you mean. I'm pleased you, like, please you spelt it out though. <laughs> I, I think that's part, it's deliberate from them, isn't it? Like part uh, of their branding, okay. they use a lot of puns with like, Hey, right. do you want to, have come in and have sex with us or something. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. And it, I think it was an iPhone 11 Pro, mm. 210 quid. So I just think yeah. like if you were to break into someone's house and you hit the jackpot and you get an iPhone 11 Pro, it's not 
like you have to break into a lot of houses to so i think they were trying to nick a motorbike in this instance <laughs> that's about Which 310 like... quid <laughs> let's so let's say you got like i don't know anything about motorbikes but i imagine it's a it's a four figure maybe a five figure sum if it's a really good motorbike guessing mm-hmm. which could be like you do one of those a month you're a six figure burglar and you, you can just sell it even though like you haven't got the v5 form and the well, the relevant i don't imagine they try and sell it through like legitimate means i imagine you don't go on auto they, trader and tra- yeah yeah that's don't imagine they go like we buy any we buy any bike.com and go through the official auction process like they're probably selling it to some legitimately. some guy well yeah but then i guess the price will be lower won't it because it's black market um doesn't matter maybe it's oh, higher because you don't have to go through all the v5 nonsense oh yeah maybe it's just a no strings bike <laughs> you get what i what i dislike about the the thing the reason i'm telling you is i know that he shouldn't have chased after him and like taking the law in his own hands. But at the start of the evening, at 5 p.m. that evening, that man, you assume, had no intention of doing anything. He was just at home with his family, minding his own business. The guys who broke into his house had been planning to break into his house. And the man who responded to the situation got put in prison. And those kids didn't. And it just feels a little bit not quite right to me, that. Have you seen Outlaw? It's an old film with Sean Bean. Maybe. One of the three films that I've seen. Very good. It's about a guy who's basically pissed off by that kind of thing and, and takes becomes a vigilante. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's what I should do. It's it's a very it's actually a very good film. It's very like vindicating. Because mm. you it's situations like that and you're like, go on, Sean. You you tell him You, you learn them. <laughs> so if the guy's kids were so if, if the guy's robbers were still in the house, would he have got a different sentence? Is it because he left his house to chase them? I think so. I think they were trying to argue that he meant to crash into them. I see. Because he, he, like, he really crashed into them. Like it wasn't like a slight <laughs> bump, like it like he binned his car and these guys like were in intensive care for quite a long but time, I think. You would though, wouldn't you? <laughs> So At that is... point, you would bin your car. So the funny thing is, as they're like arresting everybody, there's a guy in the police station who works in the police station saying, I love that. A guy's, someone's come to burgle this man's house and he's thought, I'm not having that. I'm going to do something about this. I've got a lot of time for that, man. And you think, well, that's a policeman saying Yeah, that. well, I've got a lot of time for that, man. It, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I guess the policeman's personal feelings and enforcing the law are different. What a shame. It is a real pity. That bloke will still be in prison. Oh. Speaking of which, actually, no, not speaking of which. Um, what are we doing? The mentor thing. Yeah. Mentoring. If I can get my, my light working. I don't think that's made any improvement, is it? It hasn't. Sadly. Now it just looks like a Halloween story. But it's going to get darker. So, oh well. The old, the old 20 to 4 darkness problem that happens yeah. in the UK. Such a UK problem. So we speak to a lot of personal trainers looking to move online. And a question that we often get is, how are you guys different from other business mentors? Now, short answer, there's just no comparison. <laughs> like we, it, <laughs> It's just, it's an industry with 
a lot of rubbish and i just yeah. think you 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 won't find a better option than us of course we'd say that though but really what i want to do is give you a framework rather than just taking our word for it of what are some red flags to look out for to spot a cowboy business mentor and also why we're different and how you can actually verify and validate that for yourself so we did cover this in more detail in a video called how to spot a dodgy fitness coach but the main summary is five things which i think you should always look out for or always ask the question of anyone who's claiming to make you a six-figure or a seven-figure fit pro mm. so number one pretty simple they haven't done it themselves so what i mean by that is that they maybe are telling you how to build an online fitness business but they have suspiciously no fitness business themselves and no evidence of having ever been an online coach to yep. speak of now i'm not saying you shouldn't trust a like a driving instructor without a license or a personal trainer who doesn't lift weights but it should certainly at least raise a couple of eyebrows i don't think you should trust a driving instructor without a license You've, they've got to have a really good reason if they've lost it that's well, separate if they've never acquired one then then like if they've lost it chasing three guys maybe let, let's say three people break into their house and <laughs> drive away on a motorbike and then they chase after them hit the motorbike and lose their license then okay you know i can get behind that shit uh, happens <laughs> I, I think yeah it's more that the, the main reason for this is not that like you have to have had experience in something to teach it like that's not necessarily the case but i, I think the main reason in this instance is that teaching b2b so teaching, acquiring business owners through marketing, selling a ROI, like a return on investment based offer is very different to business owners is very different to selling personal training online on the internet to consumers, very different. Mm -hmm. And so if someone has not had direct experience of doing that, the reason, like the way this often manifests is someone will like build their business and say, so share a stripe, stripe screenshot and say, look, I built this business to a million quid a year or whatever um here's the evidence and i can help you build your own online business the trouble with that is that selling two businesses is different so the systems are different the process is different the way you would sell it to them is different the price points are different so that's why it's relevant so if someone's going to help you build something to 10 grand a month they should have some sort of track record to say they've done that themselves in the industry in the way that they are teaching it to you because if not they can teach you stuff. It will, you'll just find consistent frustration with trying to put it into place because it's just a different industry, different product, different problem. Yeah. It'll feel square peg, round hole. So related to that is that if this guru or mentor only teaches fluffy kind of organic strategies that don't really have a measurable return and there's no way of you knowing whether you're actually making progress with it or not. That's another red flag. So seeing business mentors say things like your Instagram story is the reason that you're not getting clients online. Like I cannot believe there are business mentors who are actually saying that with full seriousness, with a straight face, as if that what you need to do and the reason that you're not getting clients as an online coach is that you're not wasting enough time on Instagram. Mm. like as if that's the thing that's missing in your business yeah and it's it's also just a inherently very unstable thing 
So like if you look at why people are successful organically, it's, there's a whole host of strategies and it's very hard to teach a whole host of factors, sorry. And it's very hard to teach those. So someone might just be really, have a really big organic following <clears throat> because of their personality, their lifestyle, where they live, the way they come across on camera. And you have to be careful that if like, that's the thing you're being taught and you don't have those things inherently, that method just might not work for you at all. And being taught, being told to post more will not fix it. So it's because it's the environment post more is, it's like saying lift more. It assumes good technique, good diet, mm -hmm. good recovery, programming, all that stuff that they're not actually talking about. They're just saying, oh, you just need to lift more. Like, well, yeah, I, I know that, <laughs> but how? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which links into the third point, doesn't it? Of they don't actually have a method. So posting on, posting organically, relentlessly, um, finessing your captions and like designing better templates to post on your social media is not really a business. It's a strategy that exists while a, while a certain social social media platform is popular, but there's no method there. Like it's, it's just shooting from the hip randomness might work, might not. And if they teach 500 people and it works for 10, then they will argue, oh, well, it doesn't matter. The fact that it didn't work for the, the, the remainder of you, that's your fault. You've not posted enough. You've not been consistent enough, et cetera, because there's a big, a big part of the method is just effort and time. And you can always tell someone that they're not putting in enough effort. They're not putting in enough time, even if they're putting in mm -hmm. as much as they think is feasibly possible. That's a perfect get out clause. And, that, and that, that's the crux of, um, what we, we, we mentioned in that, that video about how to spot a cowboy coach. It's the, and it's, it's how we lost 10,000 pounds on a coin trick, which is kind of the, the title of, the, of the, mm -hmm. the subtitle of that video, that if it's something where it, the, the uncontrolled factor is effort and time. It's an easy get out clause for the person giving the advice to be like, oh, you just got a mindset problem. You, you problem. You just need to post more, bro. Like the, something that people will often say gurus, if they don't have a method or a specific process that they can explain is, oh, well, that's because I treat each client individually and it's all, it's all customized to the coach. Unfortunately, that's bollocks. It's mm -hmm. what they're doing is shooting from the hip and relying on survivorship bias that Johnny mentioned there of you give the program to 500 people, 10 of them will work because of other factors that are not teachable and they're the success stories, but it's not something that you can really replicate. And, and it being something that can be replicated is key in all of this, right? Because imagine it's like, you know, why is everybody who has a podcast, not this at the same level as Joe Rogan? Like, how can that possibly be the case? If it's just like upload podcasts regularly on a schedule over time, why is everybody not being bought by Spotify, bought out by Spotify for a hundred million dollars? You know, so there's something other than just posting going on there. There's either the situation Joe was in when he started his podcast, his contacts, his connections, his personality, the, the questions that he asks, the money that he had to begin with. Like there's all these factors that go into this with the mean by definition just posting a, a podcast on Spotify is not the way to get to be where Joe Rogan is. And that's essentially what people are saying when they say just post on social media, because there's all these factors that you either have or you don't in some cases and can't just be given to you by a mentor. So that's the difficulty with it. That's the really where it fails. That ties into red flag number four, which is that if the guru is only getting results for people who are already kind of influencers in the space, 
then it's probably because they've got all the other um, mm. factors in place already and because the program relies on organic. And also with, with organic strategies in general, particularly introducing a, a call, a high ticket call funnel into somebody's existing business with an organic reach, all that's going to do is capitalize on the highest converting one or 2% of that audience, get a big injection of cash, 20, 30, 20 or 30 grand uh, with no long-term value and no ability to replicate that, that result. But great testimonial for the guru because they can be like, hey, look, Arthur made 20 grand this month. But then you don't, they didn't follow up with Arthur six months later and figure out, oh, they, they weren't able to continue making money with that program. Mm. Finally, red flag number five is that the advice that they give, particularly on social media, is kind of feel-good advice and usually relating to details that really will have no impact on your business overall, but it's nice to hear. It's kind of motivational, feel good stuff. And it's the equivalent to um, a PT who always puts up content about like, here's a new grip to try on your lap pull down or like <laughs> make, you know, do, do this one, do this one hack to um, make your cucumbers last longer or something where it's just like, putting a plate okay under the, cool putting it like a 2.5 kilo under the one side of the deadlift bar to unload it so that, that sort of feel like oh that's useful but i still need a training program yeah it's only useful to someone who has all the rest of the the stuff mm. in place i think so, there's a, just one final thing on that there is like a so, so when we say like they have no method that's linked to this right like if if you imagine like what you do with clients you don't just take them into a gym and say, all right, well, it's just all about reps. We just need to do loads of reps on exercises and that'll get you in shape. You think, right, well, this is how we're going to lay this out. This is the program structure that works. It's this many days a week. If you progress on this exercise, then we make this change. If you get stuck on this exercise, we make this change. So the following conditions will deload. If you, you know, there's all these scenarios that you have a workflow and a system to get somebody results, which is actually what we help people package and put on the internet to, to sell basically. But you would want the same thing for your business because big businesses run like that. Like they aren't, they're running on, on numbers and data. And if this happens, then this process follows and post on social media, DM people, get them on a call and WhatsApp them is not a method. It's randomness. It's chaos. And it will just, it'll either break at five people or 50 people, depending on how consistent you are with doing it. But yeah. it's not a method. It's just time and effort basically. Um, we will never tell you to just post more bro or that your Instagram story strategy isn't, isn't quite right or mm. any of that stuff. Cause it's just majoring in such minors that yeah. there's no point. So yeah. as Johnny says, like what really we, we, where we are different to other mentors is that we give you the tools and the big picture strategy. So we look at your business as a whole, which comprises of your ability to get leads i.e. to get interest into your business, to close those leads into sales. So, I, so what I mean by that is turning those people into clients, coaching those clients and delivering your service and your expertise to them. And then all of the foundational stuff, the tech, the software, the productivity, the content and stuff, rather than just only focusing on the frequency of how often you post your content and leaving everything else up to the wind. So hmm. look at your business as a whole. Usually the the area where most businesses or most online coaches struggle is the getting leads part. 
usually where they spend most of their time trying to fix is the coaching clients part. Cause we all love fiddling with Google sheets and, you know, playing around with the layout of our PT distinction app or whatever, but it's not going to get you more clients. Mm. So we have to see the, the whole big picture of this is your system. Once you've got the lead generation system in place, at least the method that we teach is automatable. So you can build it once and then it runs in the background. You don't actually have to touch it much in the future. Then you can spend most of your time doing the stuff that you came to this industry for, which is coaching clients. Yeah. And the, actually the, like where you spend it. So I'll use an example. Uh, he's on our like testimonials page, Dathi. Um, he has got like a, his 14 day sequence, 14 day challenge, whatever you want to call it, uh, is running consistently generating customers from ads. So he's spending money on his, the way he's marketing and his sales process works. He spends money on ads and he knows all he has to monitor on a daily basis is over the last seven days, over the last 14 days, over the last 30 days, has this campaign generated leads at this cost or less? That's it. So he looks at his dashboard. Is that the case? Yes, it is. Right. Shut ads manager, go do something else. That's my marketing and my sales done. And the way that he's scaling the business is there's also rules and frameworks for, well, we just, we have an audience that we know works. We have a set of targeting on Facebook that we know works. So we just need to spend as much as we can into that audience until we max out the spend. And then we go find another audience and then we go find another audience and we have a process for testing new creatives. So that's how he's scaling his business and getting clients through just a series of numbers and, and workflows compared to, oh, I need to think of something to post today. And I think like on one side, you've got something that has a lot of, um, it's measurable and there's some certainty to it. There's some predictability to it. So I know as long as I get two pounds a lead, if I spend this much per month, I should expect this many customers. Right. And it might be, it might be different by, uh, by a few, but at least there's some predictability there. And then obviously there's similar things for coaching, similar things for pro process management, admin, client retention, all those sorts of things. But yeah, it's, there are tools and there are KPIs and there are processes for each of those things. And once they're working, they're working. I think that's the, the key thing is that if there's a measurable target in a daily process, once that's functioning, it just becomes maintaining the system, not starting from zero every day. Not like, oh, well, I've got no marketing done today because I haven't posted yet. So I need to think of something to post. Oh, and we, we, we did that for years. We, we thought that that was the marketing, like, oh, we, we need to do an Instagram post today. If, if you don't want today, Johnny, oh no, okay. We only need to get a, a, a gym bathroom selfie or whatever it is. That's, <laughs> it's, looking back on it now, it's so, it feels so stupid that that was, but it's, it's what you're, it's what you're told by a lot of people who, who don't understand that actually getting leads is a measurable process that needs KPIs, measurable targets, inputs and outputs. Same with the closing sales, your coaching clients and all of that. And then also the final thing is even if you find a mentor who has a process that they can explain to you in simple terms, and we, we do that in the video linked in the, uh, the podcast description, but even if you have that, they also need a way to troubleshoot the process. So when things go wrong, what do I do? If I can, and so we, we give our, um, business clients, a, a, a dashboard of this is what your landing page converted at. This is what your challenge converted at. This is how many sales you made from this run. This was your ad spend. This was your cost per lead. 
this was how many people went from this stage into your group and into your automation so that you can look at the whole thing from a big picture and say, ah, this worked really well, but this is where things fell down. So let's zoom in, identify the problem, troubleshoot it, fix it for the next run, and then use that to improve the process each time you run it. If you don't have that, you don't have a feedback loop, then every time you try and get leads, you're just kind of shooting in the dark and hoping that it works better next time. And it, it means that you wake up and work on like just the highest leverage thing. So let's say across your funnel, you have, you know, your, the thing that is outside of KPI the most is your cost per lead, right? So you know that when you get leads into your challenge, a good percentage of them buy, you know, that when people buy a good percentage of those people stay for months and months, the thing that is bottlenecking you is your cost per lead. So if your cost per lead is too high, it could be your cost per click, or it could be your landing page conversion. If it's your cost per click, it could be your CPM or your click-through rate. If it's your click-through rate, it could be your ad, ad creativity. If it's, if it's your CPM, it could be your audience targeting. Like there's all these things break out into like, okay, from all this analysis, we've found out that it's your, it's your CTR, it's your click-through rate. And actually it's probably the image. So let's try four new images. So let's make four new images and test those. And you've gone from, oh my God, my marketing isn't working to, all right, today I need to find four new images. And suddenly that's, it's transferring huge problem shit. What do I do to, this is the tactic. And, and if you don't have that, you, you can just spend months running around, like panicking, caught in your own head, like convince your business isn't working, linking back to the podcast we did recently about like mental health and, and emotions. You need to have something to focus on, right? If something's not working, you need to be like, okay, what am I going to do about that? And if you haven't got that, it just gets worse. The, the only reason that we can teach this in such level of detail is because we made all of these mistakes ourselves and we mm. rammed our head against all the brick walls available until we figured out, okay, this is the, the full process from start to finish. And that's the value that we provide or that any mentor provides is compressing their lessons and mistakes and learning so that you can accelerate the journey because you'll certainly be able to get there on your own, but it might just take you four times as long rather than being able to skip the queue and do what you need to. So yes, we've been a bit disparaging of some mentors, but hopefully it's not about specific people. It's just having a framework to say, okay, ask these questions, look out for these red flags. I'm sure there are some good mentors out there, but use the framework. Not everyone is a huckster, but just make sure that they can back up what they're claiming. And speaking of jumping the queue, if you want to have a chat with us, about working with us because you made it to the end of this video. Well done. You get the special VIP pass. So you do. send an email to admin at propanefitness.com with the word banana in the title. <laughs> in the subject. I don't know why we don't do that more often, like the special password, password of the episode. <laughs> but then months later, we'll forget. We're like, what? Why is someone written the banana in? <laughs> so this actually happened. I don't know whether you remember. I said in a podcast, someone had to email us with the phrase that is so rainbow rhythms, which is oh, from yeah. peep show and someone <laughs> did it. <laughs> and I remember reading the email being like, I know what that is and I know where it's from, but I don't know why someone sent an email with that in. So banana is the word for it, for an inside look. That's how we know if a connection's working on a call. So like, instead of going like, can you hear me? And then, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh no, I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. I can. You just everyone say banana. And if everybody just says banana, that's all the Problem information solved. you need. 
So there's a life hack for you. <laughs> <laughs> Speak soon. <laughs> <laughs>